Ryan Yakomi is an internationally recognized expert in the field of personal transformation. Over the past decade, Ryan has helped hundreds of spiritual seekers create a foundation for inner peace through releasing limiting stories, intuitive development, getting into vibrational alignment, and discovering their life purpose. Ryan's works help you tap into your inner guru that will guide you home to feel more connected, wildly free, and abundantly wealthy in all areas of your life. This episode just makes my day. It really makes my day. Maybe my month, maybe my year. I don't know. That might be kind of extreme, but maybe not because that's how awesome this episode is. In today's episode, we dive really deep into the shadow self, that part of you that you rather not see, that you rather not hang out with. Ryan is so eloquent in describing the shadow self and helping each person have that click moment where you go, ah, I know what that is. I know what part of me that is and helping you, teaching you how to learn how to accept that part of yourself so that it's no longer popping up in every single corner of your life because what you resist persists and that's what coming to accept and acknowledge the shadow self really is all about so that it no longer persists in your life. We'll get way deeper into this in the episode today. Before we head on over, the review of the week comes from La La Ke La Kalewa. Wait, what? La la ke la kalawa. Okay, something like that. This podcast is such a great way to start my day. And she says, I love Maddie Moon with five stars. Thank you so much. Um, fill in the blank. I so appreciate those kind words. For anyone that is loving this show and you want to learn how to support the show, a great free way to help me reach more people is simply to leave a review with your thoughts. If you put on five stars and say you enjoy this podcast, then the podcast does better in the rankings, which simply means I get more exposure. So that is a wonderful way to support the podcast as well as sending your favorite episode to a friend. So today, if you know someone who really struggles with the shadow self, send over this podcast to them to help them learn how to accept that side of themselves rather than fighting it and pushing it away and feeling shame for it. Last announcement before we head on over is the Feminine Surrender Retreat. As you guys know, if you listened to last week's episode, I do this incredible retreat one to two times a year called the Feminine Surrender. It is a weekend retreat here in Boulder where I invite just nine women, very intimate, very small, into a beautiful house in the mountains. Food is covered workshops and this time we are doing a mala making workshops you're going to make your own spiritual beads infusing your intention into them if you're interested in learning more and getting a pdf from me with all the juicy insight of what include what is included at the feminine surrender go to maddiemoon.com events and you can sign up to get a call with me and i will email you that pdf and we will get some dialogue going to see if you are a good fit for this event that is, once again, The Feminine Surrender. All right, it's time. Let's head on over to this awesome show with Ryan Yukumi. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast 
If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Hey, y'all, we are back on the Mind Body Musings podcast, and I have with us Ryan, and we are going to be chatting all about this uber juicy topic the shadow self. And I have had the immense pleasure to get to know Ryan pretty well over the past couple months as we've been having some um, Skype calls and I was on his podcast recently and it's just been really fun to get to know his work and all of the amazing uh, messages that he's putting out to his tribe and everyone in the world. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Ryan. Hey, Madeline. Thank you for having me and thank you for your amazing work in the world. Aw, thank you for calling me by Madeline. That was really nice to hear. I'm like loving when people called me my my actual full name. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I I usually call you uh, Maddie, but I don't know why. I was like, let's let's do Madeline. That's Madeline really is good. like, I, yeah, I love I love both. Both are like, you know, Maddie is just so like connected, and and Madeline is so like elegant to me. It's just like really deep. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I like that. That's great perspective. How have you been today? I've been really good. We, um, when I say we, my fiance and I are right now, um, so what day is it? It's Wednesday and Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays I coach. And then I have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. And then Mondays and uh, Fridays are my creative days. So today is when I'm like in it, like rocking it, like working with people and doing my thing. So this is when I feel like the most alive. So I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. I feel like I'm going to have to, after I post this, I'm going to have to rewind that and listen to that again to listen to how you structure your days because that sounds really um, helpful to have that kind of structure, to have creative days, coaching days, off days. Has that been something you've done for most of your coaching career or is that kind of new? No, that's that's really new. Um, when I first started coaching, it was like no boundaries. In fact, <laughs> most of my life when I was growing up, and I know you know boundaries really well, I didn't really, I didn't really have boundaries. I didn't, I didn't understand them, and um, I had to learn it. It was something I had to learn. Well, that's a perfect segue. I want to hear more about your upbringing and um, that lovely question: How did you get to where you are today? Um, hearing more about that, but I'm, I'm very curious on what led you down this path and, and some more insight into um, how you were raised and what your adolescence looked like as well. Yeah, so I grew up in um, a household where my father's Japanese, my mother's Canadian, and um, you know it was, it was a really uh, beautiful upbringing when I was a child. Except I was uh, I was empathic and intuitive, and so I was always called really sensitive, and I always thought there was like something wrong with me. Right. And my, my father being Japanese was very disciplined and very, very strict. And he taught us, you know, our work ethic, myself and my two older sisters. But at the time when I was growing up, um, 
you know, we didn't really talk too much about emotions in the house. It wasn't really <laughs> discussed. And so I, I just felt like there was something that was wrong with me, but I couldn't figure out why I felt that way because I always felt different than everyone else. Like I'm very spiritual when I was a kid. I always wanted to like explore spirituality. I always wanted to know more about the universe and nature. I was really curious about nature. And being sensitive as I got older and going through school, I got bullied a lot. And I didn't really know how to cope with that. And so I'd get picked on, I'd get I'd bullied, I didn't know how to stand up for myself. And so I kind of reached this point where I just shut down all my gifts and I didn't know how to express myself. And so what happened is I'd get these sore throats going up as a kid. So I would miss a lot of school because I was always sick. And I turned, uh, I ended up finding out that sore throats mean that you're just, you're not opening up your throat chakra to express your truth to the world. Like you're, you're holding back. Mm-hmm. And so I would get these, these sore throats and I, you know, have to go to the doctors all the time. And this went on for years. And I just felt like I was really out of my power for a lot of my childhood and up until my twenties. And then I got into business in my twenties. I started doing uh, network marketing, home-based business when I was 25 and just like failed miserably all the way through 25 to 30. And I think I made like $800 a year or something like that. And I just felt from, you know, when I was growing up until about 29, 30, I felt like a failure. I felt like a total loser. I tried all these companies. I'd taken all these risks. I, I had this deep-seated belief that I couldn't get ahead. I had a deep-seated belief that there's something wrong with me. There's something that needs to be fixed. And I just felt like, why does this have to be so hard? You know, and why do I have a challenge like speaking my truth and being in my power? And um, I'd look at other people and compare myself and wonder why their lives were working and mine wasn't. And at the time, when I was 29, we found ourselves like $60,000 in debt. We were like fighting all the time. My fiance and I, we were really struggling in life spiritually. We felt really disconnected. And it's kind of like you hit the, you know, the dark night of the soul where it's like you're rock bottom and you're like, can life really get any worse than this? <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> and so that was, that was my moment where I had like this spiritual awakening where I went through this transformation where, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's in our low points in life or where we really, really find who we are as people. And so I sort of tapped into this place where I had nothing left to give and I, I surrendered. Like I was just like the universe. I just don't know what to do next. So I just surrender and as soon as I surrendered, I, I had this massive spiritual awakening, and it led me to join another company, which we ended up taking off and becoming very successful in that company, and which led me to go through another spiritual awakening about uh, four years ago, which aligned me into my true purpose and passion, which is coaching. And I started to cultivate kind of full circle to when I was a child, like I started to cultivate my voice. And speaking my truth and not people pleasing and feeling good enough, feeling important, feeling needed, and also standing up in my power. And so the thing that actually changed my life um, growing up from a child to where I am today was reclaiming my power, and which just has to do all to do with my spirituality and really starting to speak my truth, which is ultimately what I do now. And I, I found this gap with how I help people now of sort of bridging, bridging the gap between what someone's soul wants and then getting them into alignment with you know what's going on in their life and how to bridge the gap from where they are to ultimately ultimately to where they want to be. I am so obsessed with this conversation around clearing the throat chakra and the power that comes from learning how to speak your mind, speak your truth, speak your desires, your opinions, 
I think that's a topic that's not covered nearly enough because it it plays such a pivotal role in both this um, both these energies of the masculine and the feminine. As me and you have talked about quite a bit, but that yeah. being able to speak your truth and what's real to you, even if it doesn't really sound like it's aligned with the rest of your family, your friends, society, culture, that's what's going to allow you to step into this often this authenticity of who you are. And I love that you brought that in and talked about having um, what you said, sore throats, if you're not speaking mm -hmm. your truth. Yeah, wow, so powerful. Whenever I think about my own past, I had sore throats all the time, all the time. Like probably four yeah. times a year, I would get strep throat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> now, this dark night of the soul, I want to talk about this. Um, do you believe that every single person has, to some varying degree, a dark night of the soul? Well, it's a, it's a journey that I don't know if everyone in this lifetime is meant to go through that process. But I, I do know this, that I had to embrace the parts of myself that I didn't really like in mm -hmm. order to become the best version of myself or at least you know create a better version of myself. So what I noticed in my life when I was really struggling is that there was all these things I didn't like about myself or I didn't like about other people that I was frustrated or, or with life. And I had to learn to go in there and explore, like kind of go down, you know, the rabbit hole and explore these parts of myself that um, I was either in denial of them or I was judging them. And that's what we call the shadow. And the, sh the shadow is another term for your ego. And, you know, a lot of people have a negative connotation with the shadow, like, oh, it's kind of scary, or I don't want to look at that stuff. Um, but the truth is, it's actually totally neutral. And a good example of the shadow, Carl Jung quoted it saying, the shadow is a person that we'd rather not be. Mm -hmm. So when I was struggling a lot in life, like financially, spiritually, um, I didn't want to be that person. I'm like, I don't, you know how we want to get away from that person. And so the shadow is also parts of yourself that you're not aware of or you're not you haven't made friends with yet so i had to learn to become friends with my fears i had to learn to befriend my fears and learn to love those parts of myself that i didn't like so much at the time because they were causing me a lot of pain and suffering and when i started to look at the aspects of myself that i was judging well that's when i actually started to heal them and then and that's when i was able to embrace the other side of the shadow which is your light shadow which is your brilliance and your magnificence so if, if your shadow is left unattended, where you're not giving it attention, you're not nurturing it, you're not, you're not listening to it, it will wreak havoc on your life. It will, it will wreak havoc and you will have a really hard life of suffering. And so it actually wants your attention. It's telling you, pay attention, look at this, look at this. There's something I want you to see here. And when you actually look at it and you stop resisting you know, the thing that you don't like, all of a sudden the energy dissipates. And so for me, that was, that was for me, the dark night of the soul was going in and like, all right, I don't like this stuff, but I'm going to look at it and see what gift there is in the garbage. Mm. Yeah. It's like the, the quote that goes something along the lines of what you can't be with won't let you be. So it'll yes. follow you around. Can you share with us maybe one or two of those sides of yourself that you neglected and what that process looked like whenever you were like becoming to acknowledge it? Oh yeah. I have two big ones. Yeah. I, bring think you, I, I think you'll love these Maddie. <laughs> um, 
Well, I'll tell you what. People sometimes ask me how I changed my life because I, the, you know, the first 30 years of my life were really hard. I'm 36, going to be 37 this, this year. And the last seven years of my life have been incredible. The last actually like seven, eight years of my life have been totally transformational. And what taught me a lot is being poor. Mm. Being poor (laughs) teaches you a lot when you don't have anything in life. It really teaches you a lot. So the biggest thing that, that I had to change in my life, there were two things. One was I had to learn to get out of my head. I was so in my head. I was so in my head. And this is something that I noticed with a lot of people who spin in fear is they're very in their heads. They're overthinking. They're overanalyzing. They're trying to be perfect on things. They're people pleasing, right? So I had to learn to, to give that up and own it and drop into my heart drop into my heart. That was the key because I never really truly lived in my heart. Not truly. I had taste, taste of it, but never like truly. I was really afraid of vulnerability. So I had to learn to get out of my head and into my heart. And by the way, how you do that is through your emotions, through your emotions. And the second thing, and this is the big one, I had to learn to slow down. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to slow down. <laughs> She was excruciatingly uncomfortable for me. It was one of the hardest things I had to do. And so I started working with my life coach, Ann Sullivan. And one of the things that we worked on, because I, you know, people like you and I, Maddie, were driven people. Mm-hmm. So we had this, you know, I work with a lot of moms. I work with a lot of driven entrepreneurs. And they, we all have this, like, hard time of slowing down and doing nothing because we feel unproductive and useless. And we feel not good enough. So it brings up all of our stuff. So I would literally, you know, meditate and those kinds of things. But I would literally sit for five minutes on the couch or on, on our bed in our master bedroom and just sit there and do nothing. And you know what? It was so freaking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes went to like 15 and then it went to 20 and then it went to 30. And then I could sit there for 30 minutes. I'm, I'm talking about not reading a book, not looking, listening to a podcast, doing nothing. Just being with your thoughts while you're just conscious and present, not even in a, not even in a meditation where you're zoned out, just being there present. A good way you could do this too, and I, I tell people this all the time, there's, have you ever done this? There's, I think there's magic in this. When you lie on the carpet, you just lie on the ground. It's like, I don't know what it is. I have clients that do this and they swear it helps them so much. They'll just lie there on the carpet, spread out. And it's just like, there's something amazing about lying on a floor. It like brings you back to your inner child or something. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was, I was talking to someone about this on a podcast probably about a year and a half ago. We're talking about weird quirks. And I was telling him that whenever I was little, right after the shower, I would wrap myself in a towel and I would plop down on the floor in a ball. And I would just lay in, I'd still be wet. I'd be wet and I'd be wrapped in a towel and I would just put my face against the ground and I would look like almost like I was just in child pose basically in a towel. Yes, yes. And it was just my favorite (laughs) thing to do was to just curl up on the ground right after the shower. And of course I'm an adult and adults don't do those things. So I haven't done that probably in 15 years, but boy, do I miss it. And boy, am I going to do that today. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You and I both. (laughs) One of the things that you said is, um, you let it go. Okay. So here's where the shadow self, um, conversation gets confusing for me. And I think you can bring a lot of clarity to this, but you said that you had to get out of your head and let that go. 
So what if being an overthinker is your shadow self and the first key is to acknowledging it? What's the difference between acknowledging it and then it lets go on its own and trying to force yourself to stop doing something? Because if you're trying to force yourself to stop doing something that is your shadow self, aka maybe overthinking, isn't that feeding into the shame and guilt so that it never goes away? What's that balance? How do you do the one that's with ease rather than the one that's hard? If that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll give you a really great example. Um, have you ever taken an inflatable beach ball and tried to push it underwater, like in a pool? Yes, it's hard. Right? And what, what happens if you can't hold the ball underwater? It comes right back up. Exactly. So that's exactly how the shadow works, is we take, and you can think of the beach ball as any uh, unprocessed emotions or experiences in your life that are bothering you. And we push them down under the water, and we think everything's perfect, because nobody can see it, until something happens that causes the the beach ball to pop out of the water, (laughs) go flying crazy, and we're no longer in control of it. That's what happens when you don't give attention to what's happening. So you you want to, just like everything in life, just like your soul, just like your body, you want to nurture it. You want to nurture your shadow. You don't want to romance it, right? You don't want to spin in it. What people do is they over-identify with their shadow. A perfect example of this. There are people who have cancer who identify with their illness because it fills a void of feeling needed and loved. There are people who have illnesses who hold on to their illnesses because they feel loved from the attention they get from people. Mm. That's the shadow. That's romancing the shadow. Mm. Until you find a way, and it's not about getting rid of having your needs met. It's having your needs met in a healthy way. So is there a way that you can somehow you know, transition the energy out of the neurotic fear-based thinking that you're overthinking all the time, you're overthinking all the time, you're overthinking all the time to transitioning it to surrender and trust. And then maybe you have a conversation like with you, you're an amazing coach, right? Or your, your spouse or someone that you can talk to about what's going on in your life instead of trying to hold the beach ball down under the water and do it all yourself, the ego or the shadow wants you to make you think you need to do it all on your, by yourself. You need to do it on your own. But the truth is, there's a, you need to lean on your spiritual team. Like, I'm a, I'm a, this is where I'll get woo woo on you because you know I love woo woo. Um, <laughs> you need, you need to lean on, like, if you're, if you love Jesus, lean on Jesus. If you love Buddha, lean on Buddha, right? Like, if, if you love God or the universe or you have archangels or you have guides, lean on your spiritual team as well as lean on your physical team. Lean on, lean on Madeline and the podcast, right? Like lean on your spouse, lean on your, your brothers and sisters, lean on your parents for support. Don't carry this all on your own. The overthinking comes from you think you have to solve everything by yourself. When there's the, there's a whole universe here that wants to shower you with love and abundance and praise and connection if you let it. But as long as you're holding on to the beach ball down below and you want to control everything, then you will never let go of your neurotic thinking. You, you will live the rest of your life having your needs met in a disempowering way and a way that doesn't serve your soul. So the, the best 
to answer your question, it's surrender. Because if anyone's have, if anyone's overthinking or stuck in perfectionism or worried about what other people think of you or you think that you're not good enough, drop the your and what are you left with? Good enough. Mm. Right? Which, which maybe we can talk about words, you know, or language on this call. But if you, if you start to notice the way you get your needs met, you'll start to realize that what's actually driving the bus for you then is your shadow if it's in a disempowering way that you're getting your needs met. And you need to learn to start to give up that way and then start to go into a space of, well, how can I have my needs met where I feel deeply connected to myself, I feel supported, I feel loved, and I'm in alignment with my higher purpose in a way that really empowers me and empowers people around me. Wow, you are such an eloquent speaker. You just put together so much, so many um, light bulb moments for me over here. I'm fascinated by all of this and I know my tribe is going to be as well, especially the part about your spiritual team and your physical team. I think that's genius. It's beautiful. And in my own life, that same relationship with the people that I count on and the dynamic between that and my spiritual team, it, it has made my life like it's made transition and change and intuition that much more powerful for me and and effortless because I surround myself with a team and I'm not trying to do it all on myself and I'm not trying to figure everything out in my brain anymore by Mm -hmm. thinking things through and that word you used which has been such a powerful word in my life the past year surrender 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 and that is all about going into that place of feminine of allowing and seeing what is and not being stuck into these what ifs and instead just surrendering and trusting. God, so beautiful. So going back to what you were saying about the, the one of the shadow selves that you had, which was being poor, how did poor show up in your life over and over again, leading up to you finally acknowledging it? Because if I've started to read all about the shadow selves and understand this, what we resist will persist. So I'm sure that you've had some frustrating moments in your past in your life where poor kept popping up, maybe even beyond just you and your lack of money whenever you were in those um, first careers, but maybe being surrounded by people with that kind of mentality. What are some other things? Yeah. Well, maybe we could talk about the shadow of money. Mm, Yes. Because that's a popular topic for people. So, in two, what year is that? Well, I guess I was 29 and I told you our financial situation and we, I was making about 18 grand a year when that was going on. And then by 33, I was making 32, 33, I was making about 15 grand a month. So I went from making about 18,000 a year to about a year and a half later making about, you know, over 150,000 a year. And that was a big transformation for me because if you look at our life years ago, my fiance jokes and she says, we used to have to count quarters to buy bananas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was our life. Like our life was like panic when, you know, you're going to swipe the credit card or you're going to, you're going to swipe the debit card and hopefully there's enough funds in there to go through at the grocery store. <laughs> right. So it was a lot of fear, fear. And so, and then, you know, what, what changed for us and then we transitioned, um, out of doing that with network marketing and and I transitioned into coaching and now my coaching business does really solid multiple six figures. And I don't say that to brag or being egotistical. That just means I had the opportunity to help a ton of people around the world. And it's such a blessing. 
And I've always focused on two things that have changed my life with my money. One is impact. It's like, how can I make a big impact? How can I help people? So it's the vision. It's the vision of making an impact with my soul's gifts and my calling and getting my voice out there and actually being heard, right? And you're, there may be some people listening who want to make an impact of be, as being a great mother or yeah. want to make it, an impact as being a great person. You know, that's a beautiful impact to make. And then two is, is how can I be in service? I love being in service. Are you kidding me? I'm on a podcast with Maddie. Like, what? Like, this is <laughs> awesome. Right? This is like not work for me. This is just pleasure. It's joy. It's fun. So how can I be in service to help people? And you don't need to have a desire to grow a business. You know, you can just do this because you love it. It, it lights you up. So how can you make a big impact? I have clients who make a big impact with their paintings. You know, I have a clients who make a big impact being, um, you know, ama amazing fathers, amazing mothers, and they're in service to their children, you know, or I have clients who are, are deeply devoted to the religious or spiritual practice and they're, they're in service to, you know, their churches or, you know, whatever, um, you know, groups of people they work with. You know, I'm in service to my clients. I'm in service to my vision to, you know, use a spiritual approach to help people get out of their own way and align with their soul's purpose and passion. So um, coming back to the shadow of money, and, and, and this is really an, a really easy way to summarize this. You have to look at your relationship with money. Key, super key. You have to, because money is an energy. It's a living, breathing energy. And a really good way for you to know what your relationship with money is, is the feeling you have when you log into your bank account. And that will kind of give you an indication of what is the dynamics like between you and money. And oftentimes, I'll give you two examples really quick that I think will help you. Um, I work with people that have no problem with money. They just money flows to them. It's just like ease and grace. And I always ask them, well, what was your relationship like with money growing up? What did you see your parents do with money? And they're like, oh, they were so easy with money. We always had enough. It was like abundant. They always did positive things with it. And then I'll talk to another client who really struggles to make money or they struggle to take on clients and um, they grew up seeing, you know, their parents or their grandparents be greedy or they were assholes because they had money. And so they do everything they can to give away money. They'll never hold on to it because they're associating it with a negative meaning. Mm. Right. And so it's like that's the shadow side is exploring, well, what's your relationship with money? And hoarding it too, right? What, what do you think it, it takes whenever someone is hoarding money and never wanting to use it in super cheap? What kind of influence do they maybe grow up around money? Oh, I'll give you a really good example. This is one of my fave topics. <laughs> so, so, I'll give you a great example, right? So uh, my fiance, Chris, I'm really proud of her. She never had money growing up either. And she went out and she, she, she worked and she did her thing and she you know positioned herself in this, this great opportunity making commissions. And she ended up saving a lot of the money she made that year. So she actually saved like $100,000 in her bank. And then she found herself wanting to hoard it, like hold on to it and not spend it and just like keep it tight. And it was she had to do some work because it was actually linking back to the belief around her parents who grew up with no money. So they would not just hoard money. They would hoard stuff in their house. Like it was like every room was crammed with stuff. But it, but it also links back to her grandma who went through the war. Mm -hmm. And back when they had, where they're going through the war, she's German and she, she lived in Germany during the war. They had to scrimp and save everything they had because they didn't know if their house was going to be bombed. 
So any little bits of food they have, they have to scrimp and save it and hold on to it and then move from home to home to home. And so they had that mentality of survival because they had to, to survive. So our beliefs, our money beliefs, our shadows, they get passed down from generations. They also get passed down from past lives. So sometimes the belief you have if you're a hoarder, it, it might not even be yours. It might be something that your parents taught you or your grandparents taught you or that was passed down through DNA. That's a phenomenal story. I love this. Um, Ryan, are you familiar with, maybe you've been told this before, or maybe you already know this, but I, I think it's really fascinating to, to know the fact that the egg that made you was inside of your mother's womb when she was inside of your grandma's womb. Like, mm -hmm. isn't that fascinating? And so yeah. everything you're saying, it makes so much sense that the stories, the beliefs, all those things we hold in our body, they're there. And it could be beyond just us having our own lives and, and making these own beliefs. It could be from the DNA, from being inside of your grandma's body. It's insane mm -hmm. that we were it's all crazy. inside our grandma. Like, I, I find that just in, incredible, our little eggs. But anyways, yeah, that's, that's a really beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that and, and, the, the work that Chris must have done was um, a lot, I'm sure. Well, that's what I, that's what I was going to add is um, you can change it, right? Like I know you hear that people might be hearing this. Oh, my God, this is so much. But the cool thing is you can change it. You're not stuck. So for her, what we did is we actually got her spending money on things she loved or contributing back and investing into her business or else charities like giving. So you get out of the mindset of hoarding and lacking, and then you start to give. And what it does is it actually energetically in your bank account opens up a flow. So the shadow is no longer controlling things. The shadow of fear of I don't have enough. What if this goes away? I need to keep the safety net. That fear dissolves, and then you move into love and abundance and flow. So you can change it. It, it, just, it just takes the conscious choice of making more empowering decisions. Well, what if someone doesn't have that much money? Because you had mentioned she had $100,000 that was saved. That's a lot of money. What if someone has just a couple grand and they're holding on to that because it's a couple grand and they need that for rent and this and that, but yet they have investments that they want to make in themselves, like go to a retreat, hire a coach. What are your thoughts on people spending money that they don't quite have as long as they have a good understanding of how that works and they have plans for, for maybe paying things off. So this is a little bit more on the um, like tangible, literal, what can people do? But what are your thoughts on that, on people taking those kind of financial leaps to invest in themselves um, when they're not saving a whole bunch or not making a whole bunch at the moment? Is that part of starting to create more funds? Yeah, in 2006, I joined a program with my very first mentor. Um, I don't know if you know who he is, but his name is John Asraf. So he yeah. was in that movie called The Secret. And I just something pulled me towards him to want to work with him. And to get started in his six-month coaching program at the time, in 2006, it was $3,000. And I didn't have $3,000. I had $3,000 in a locked-away savings, which was a long-term retirement plan for me. And I ended up liquidating that and signing up in his program because I just knew I needed to do it. And I didn't make any of the money back the first six months. Um, he's an amazing coach. Um, it wasn't for his lack of skills that he was teaching me. It was that I was afraid to, to take action. <laughs> and so I was in learning mode. But when I look back on my life now, 
um, you know, in 2018, looking back on 2006, all of the investments I made that didn't have an initial ROI on them, return on investment, at the time became the foundation for me that serves me every day today. So it, it might look like, geez, I don't have the money to do this. I, I, don't, I don't know. But the truth is you always have to listen to your soul because your soul knows a direction. And, and we also have to remember that you really don't have anything to worry about because if you look at your life, all the times that you've worried in your life, you know, all the times I've worried about stuff, you're still here. Yeah. Like you made it through, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. like all these times we're freaking out about money or stuff or what other people think of us. We're worried about all this stuff. And here we are in 2018. We're still here. So all the worry was really for nothing because we're still alive. and We're still fine. And so, you know, I always tell people you have to listen to your intuition and your soul because your intuition is your best mentor. So you, you know, like, you know, if you're taking money, you don't have a lot of money. And if you're spending, spending it on the things that you know it violates your soul, you know, you're going into bad debt, you're, you're spending it on clothes, you're spending it on stuff for things around the house that you know you really don't need and maybe it's violating yourself. You know if you're spending it on something that really you don't need versus something that your soul is saying, go do this program. Go sign up for that. Go take that course. Go do that. That's advancing the agenda of your soul. And so you have to trust that you're safe, supported, and loved. And, you know, somehow, magically, the way the universe works is you will find the money. It will always come in if you have an abundant mindset. And even if you don't, um, I trust that there's a lesson that you need to learn that will help you become a stronger person that will help you get the money. Yeah. I often tell myself, do I have everything I have right now? If I get into those moments of panic, of what ifs, worries, which are not that common anymore, Ryan, it's kind of amazing. Like ever since yeah. I started doing yeah. my meditation practice consistently, my mindset has drastically transformed. So I don't really, now that I say that, I don't really say this to myself that often, but um, a year and a half, two years, three years ago when I was totally stuck and all up in my head, I would often say to myself, do I have everything that I need right now in this moment? And no matter what the moment was, the answer was always yes. I yeah. always had what I needed, and that brought me a lot of comfort. Until now, it's just my lifestyle is that I know. I just know I have everything that I need, and I will be provided and taken care of. And I, I just I love this conversation around taking those leaps based off of your intuition and what you said intuition that's your best mentor that's so true we can go around and ask a million people all day long what their thoughts on are are on how we live our lives and if they think we should do this course or this program or hire this coach or go to this retreat we can ask and ask and ask and ask but your your intuition is your best guide it's your north star and so oftentimes when you're asking people what you're really just trying to do is get them to affirm what you're hoping is the right path. You already know deep down inside and you're just trying to get a soundboard to say, yes, do what you want to do, which in time you can learn how to not need anybody else's permission and just go for it yourself. But it does take time. Yes, absolutely. So before we head on over to the divine deep dive round, which is my new name for the quick fire round. Um, oh, that's juicy. <laughs> I like that. Well, you know, it's not a quick fire round. It's, I just finally have come to terms with it. It's not quick and it's not fire questions. They're like 
deep questions. So the divine I deep love dive. Deep. Hook, hook me up with deep. I'm Let's so going to hook you up. So before <laughs> I hook you up with those, um, do you have any final words to say about uh, the shadow self for anything that we didn't really cover that you would like to just quickly slide in there for people yeah. to chew on? Yes. Okay. I do. The journey of the shadow self is the spiritual work on this planet. It, it is it is the work, the soul work that will set you free, one hundred percent. I've never I've never done anything like it, and I have. I mean, I've done meditations, I've done loads of affirmations, I've taken spent at this point probably you know fifty sixty thousand dollars on courses and trainings all around the world or more. Um, I've been mentored and trained by incredible people over the last decade. And I will tell you, nothing has changed my life as much as doing shadow work. And so the the best book I actually recommend that everyone goes out and reads is called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. And it is phenomenal. That book changed my life. We didn't even talk about that story, how that came into my life. It was crazy. I met up with Debbie um, randomly in the Bahamas. So I have to share that story for another time with you. Um, but that book will open up so much for you and it will help you embrace your dark side so you can embrace your light and you will move into a space of living in wholeness just like children live. They don't care what other people think. They're totally free where you too will feel totally free with everything you do in your life and the ways you express yourself and you'll give up your smaller self of people pleasing, not voicing yourself, not speaking your truth and you'll move into your spiritual and personal power. So to me, shadow work is a thing that transforms people's lives. I am reading that book right now and I'm halfway done and I love it. So I'm going to back you up on that and say I highly recommend that everyone gets their hands on this book. It's when you told me about it, I was like, mm, that sounds really fascinating because I talk a lot about these quote negative aspects and learning to accept them, but I never really did any formal reading, researching on it. And this has given words to this inkling that I had that we should really like those parts of ourselves. And um, it's just a phenomenal book. So thank you for sharing all of this juicy, juicy insight on it. And hopefully yeah. everyone will continue this learning. Yeah. And then before uh, we head on over to that round, one more thing. Where can people connect with you online? Oh, for sure. Um, well, you can go to my website, which is uh, ryanucomi.com. And then I'm always on Facebook and Instagram. And then something I do on my Facebook fan page, which is Ryan Ucomi Breakthrough Coaching on Facebook, is I do something called Wake Up With Ryan. So Tuesdays to Thursdays, I'm live for all of you. You driven people up early at 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And I do a 20-minute Facebook Live on helping you really the spiritual way to get out of your own way and tap into your soul's purpose and passion. And if you want, really make great money doing that as well. So you can come join me there. And I love to connect with everyone. You are so committed. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? 6.30 in the morning Pacific. That's incredible. Yep. That's amazing. I have a hard time doing like one Facebook Live every two weeks. And the fact <laughs> that you can do it every single week three times, wow, I'm really impressed. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay, the divine deep dive round. <laughs> Okay. Question number one. Besides the book that you just mentioned, what is another must-read book everyone needs to get their hands on? A Course in Miracles. Currently, what edge are you on in life? Ooh. The edge of stepping into my brilliance. 
If you could live anywhere in the world besides home, where would it be? Venus. <laughs> I was about to move on to the next question and then I had to like think about it for a second. <laughs> right on. Heck yeah. Tell me how it is. Um, what's your morning routine? First thing I do when I wake up is I smile and I think of three things I'm most grateful for. What is your favorite meal right now? Oh, that is so good. I love cooking. I used to be a cook. Uh, I actually thought I was going to go to culinary arts and become a sous chef. Favorite meal? I would have to say that I've been cooking lately this um, this beautiful dish. It's a ch- it's a chicken dish because we eat mostly paleo. So it's got like it's got like chicken and like this orange zest, and it's like really flavorful with like green onions and there's like really like light sauce to it as well. And then we usually make, um, instead of, uh, like mashed potatoes, we'll make like cauliflower rice. And so it's like really clean to eat because you're not getting the carbs of rice or like a mashed potato, but you still get that kind of texture. So we've been grinding up cauliflower in the food processor and then making cauliflower rice with this like amazing chicken dish. That's been my thing. Noms. That sounds incredible. With mm. coconut oil on the cauliflower rice, it's awesome. Mm. Yes, give me. I want that. Um, if love tasted like a flavor, what flavor would it be and why? Ooh. Oh, it would be like, oh, like so many. I'm like having a burst of flavors in my <laughs> mouth right now. Like I think like a ripe peach. That is just like juicy and like flavorful and every bite is just like a new flavor of enjoyment. That's a good answer. It's like full bodied. Mm, I like that. What is your favorite form of movement in your body? Oh, um, my hips, my hips. I love Mm. to dance. I love to move my hips. And in fact, when I, um, I used to do a lot of triathlons and marathons and I was really in my masculine energy, and I swear my body could only move forward. It was just like that's all I could do was just go forward. Oh. Forget about anything lateral or even what you do with, with yoga. It's like forget about acro yoga. I just like – so when I started to open up to my feminine, I actually um, fell in love with something I loved when I was a kid, which is hip-hop dancing. So I started to learn hip-hop dancing. So I love the, the movement of like hips and like moving the body in that way, side to side, around, like anything where you feel totally free. I really appreciate you saying that, especially as a man. I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. And it's, it's all about coming to that intuition and that movement and that feminine energy within yourselves. And if it lives in the hips and being able to move it through your body, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, it feels freaking fantastic. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. I'll pick two more questions. Um, what is one thing you want to live without? Regret. 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 I think at 36, um, my intention is to do more in life that scares me so I don't finish my life regretting things I wish I'd done. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah, I know that feeling. I think that's one of my biggest fears is 
growing old and looking back and thinking I didn't do all those things I wanted to do or yeah. take bigger risks. And I'm, I'm 26 and I've had those thoughts for the past like couple of years of just like, oh, whenever I was in college, I could have done this and this and this. And oh, when I was 22, I could have done this. And I'm like, okay, I got to get this on lockdown. If this is happening now, it needs to, to stop and I need to take those risks. So that's really, that's a really big um, wake up with Ryan wake up call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, okay. What's your spirit animal? Last question. Uh, spirit animal. Let me connect into this. There's so many. Um, eagle. Eagle. Mm. I've always wanted to be able to fly and like soar, just soar. Like I've, I've always been big on like, I'm here to soar. So how can I soar? How can I fly? Um, that would be, that would be my spirit animal for sure. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for all of this. I just, I, I'm so grateful that our mutual friend introduced us because you are a genius of a person. I feel very strongly connected to everything that you're speaking about and, and just your energy. I'm really grateful for it. And I think this podcast has been one of the best that I've had in, in quite a while. It's so rich and you're just so wonderful at speaking your truth. Obviously, you have put a lot of time and effort into honing in on that ability within yourself, and it shows. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, Madeline, thank you for having me. It's always an honor and a privilege. I'm, I'm just so excited to get, you know, to get to know you as we deepen our friendship. I love like every second we get to spend together. So thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure, and I, I absolutely agree. Everyone, as always, the links to this show will be on the show notes on my website. You can go to maddiemoon.com slash ryan-yokomi, and all of them will be there, as well as my free gifts will be on that page. I look forward to uh, tuning in with you guys next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. As always, see you soon.